Okay, welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Disrupted. It is January 27th, 2020, and I want to start out by reviewing my pre-draft bold predictions from last year. I had some on the record, and that's what I'll be going over, and I had some off the record that I had with friends and so forth, and there is a theme a, uh, a a theme among my picks. There are some really good picks. For instance, um, you know, last year I said that Cattell Marte was going to be a 57th ranked player in Yahoo Fantasy Baseball. I think he ended up higher than that, but nobody thought he was going to be in the top 150, really. Um, but uh, and, and I didn't expect that he would uh, hit as well as. He hit, and to be honest, he's not going to hit as well as he hit last year. He had an extremely high Babbitt, but he hit the ball uh, with high high contact. Um, and there are guys like that, and then there are complete whiffs, just colossal whiffs. I had Mark Trumbo uh, getting 30 home runs and 100 RBI at Camden Yards, and that was stupid. Um, so let's review a few of my picks from last year, okay, on the record on this podcast. Let's start off with Mark Trumbo. It's just fucking stupid. Um, it was a terrible pick. Uh, I don't want to go into the reasons why uh, I did pick it, uh, because it was not successful. Um, I think if he were healthy, that's that's an entirely different story, but... You know, I should have known the guy with a tremendous amount of injury history at his age would not, you know, produce at at close to peak performance. Okay, so Mark Trumbo was a miss. Now let's go for a hit. Pete Alonso had exit velocity numbers in the minor leagues that were, without the juice ball, that were similar to Mike Stanton or Giancarlo Stanton and... Aaron Judge, you know, the the two guys with 121 and 120 mile per hour hit balls on record since they started recording that in 2014 or 15. Pete Alonso is up there, and he had a ball that was hit 118.3. He had others that were hit really hard, just like that this past year, and he had some of the minors in the teens. And I said that he was going to lead the National League with 40 home runs. Well, he led the National League with 51 home runs. But I was looking primarily at that exit velocity number. Um, And, you know, as the season progressed, I had him as an 18th round keeper for the next three years. I traded him because I thought we would see more swing and miss action from him. And there was a lot of swing and miss action, but he did enough when he hit the ball. He hit it hard enough uh, that he made up for it. So one colossal win and one colossal loss. So let's go back to the loss category that I think is still a good pick um, to be a sneaky good player. And that's Garrett Hampson. He sucked when he came up. I think he was one for his first 20. That means nothing, but he went on to completely suck. And I said he was going to be a Starling Marte um, 
you know, type type guy, maybe 15 home runs, 30 stolen bases, although Marte has a little bit more power than that. And um, with some good on-base skills and score a lot of runs if he eventually usurps that number two spot or even uh, number one from uh, Charlie Blackman if they move him back. I still think he can be that player. Um, and listen, Garrett Hampson did put up some 320-380 splits average and on base uh, near the end of the season when he got a little bit more regular playing time. Um, and so, you know, I don't know what his deal is, but obviously, you know, he was inconsistent because the year before he put up, you know, a 310 average with 380 on base skills in 2018 um, when he was called up in September. So... So that was a miss, um, but a but a, a a hit, a big hit, it was Jorge Soler. Um, before he went down, uh, he in a quarter him. mile, turn left onto Cherokee Lane. Friggin' kidding me! He he, he in 2018 he went down. Um, he was batting about 268. He had nine home runs and three stolen bases, and uh, that was with about a third of the season with the juice ball, no doubt, and some swing and miss. Um, Take the next left onto Cherokee Lane. Sounds like I'm talking about a pitcher, but I'm not. Some swing and miss ability there. Um, he he had a, a mid-season slump, um, and he he was whiffing. And he had in a quarter mile, turn right onto Loma Vista Drive. For God's sake, he had his batting average down to about you know two thirties. He got way back up, and he started making better contact. I don't know the full story of uh, what he did near the end of the season because I had him in the twentieth round as a keeper, and I traded him. Um, I traded him before he he lost his uh, swing and miss ability. I mean, uh, before he increased his uh, you know whiff rate. Uh, but he was a big hit. I think he was a top fifteen outfielder last year, maybe top ten with his like 45 home runs, 48 home runs. Um, a miss, Jonathan Scope. I thought Jonathan Scope was going to return in that lineup especially to 30 home runs, 280 batting average, not quite 2000, what was it, 17 um, levels, but you know when they were debating Manny Machado or Jonathan Scope, who's a better player, prospect, young, young player, um, but I thought he was going to be a top... Take the next right onto Loma Vista Drive. I thought he was going to be a top 150 player. He wasn't. He turned it up a little bit. I don't know. He got 22, 24, 26 home runs. But he was not the player I thought he would be. I don't even Continue know. on Loma Vista Drive for two miles. I don't even know if he had an ops of 800. Okay, and the last one that I was on record on this podcast was that Vladimir Guerrero would absolutely not be a top 100 player, and he absolutely was not. He was not worth owning, except for maybe one month in August. He was a fringe fantasy starter in a standard 5x5 Roto League, points league, whatever you want. Unless it was... You know, two utility spots and a 15-team league. He was not worth owning the entire year. He was, I don't know, 250-something ranked in Yahoo. And, um, and uh, you know, he sucked. He'll be better uh, than he was collectively last year. He's not going to be as good as he was in August last year for the whole season this year. Um, but, uh, but so I was three and three. And two of my three were big whiffs on veterans, Jonathan Scope and Mark Trumbo. Mark Trumbo is embarrassing. Um, that, that was embarrassing. 
Uh, I still think Garrett Hampson, uh, if you draft him in the 10th round, you'll be happy with him, uh, provided Brendan Rodgers or Ryan McMahon um, don't push him out of uh, playing time. Um, but he ended the year strong, and Ryan McMahon did not. Um, also, Ryan McMahon will go to first base. I'm getting a little off track, but uh, Daniel Murphy's not going to be healthy. So, uh, so then, coming up next, uh, I'll talk about my uh, pre-draft bold predictions uh, going forward uh, for this year, and I'll, I'll do six of them. Okay, the first sleeper, if you can call it that, and pre-draft bold prediction is that J.D. Davis of the Mets will be a top 50 hitter in 2020. Okay, not, not accounting for pitchers. Everybody noticed, I think, J.D. Davis last year. He has multiple eligibility, I think at first, third, and maybe even outfield. He ended the season batting 307 with a 369 OBP and 527 slugging percentage. He had 22 homers, 65 runs, 57 RBI, and he didn't play every day. And that may or may not affect one's production and consistency, um, as well as he just didn't get a full season of at-bats to boost all of his numbers. His current average draft position is... 175. That is absurd. He will be a top 100 player and I think a top 50 hitter uh, this year. If you look at his stat cast numbers, <clears throat> it's all dark red. Okay, it's all dark red except for speed. Okay, his, um, you know, so what I'm talking about is his exit velocity. His ex-WOBA, his expected slugging, his expected batting average, and his hard hit rate were all really high. So he batted 307 last year. He had an expected batting average of 308. Okay, so that, that's right on point. He slugged 527. He actually had an expected slugging percentage of 548. All right, he had an ex woba of 383. You know, that's generally you that's on a scale of what uh, on base percentage is, but it's your total offensive output. Obviously, no stat is perfect, but you know, so if a 400 OBP is great, a 400 ex woba is great to the same extent. Another reason that I really like this guy now, listen, we're going off at 2017. Um, he had 43 batted balls. In 2018, he had 74. And he, he you know got more playing time. He had 315 last year in 2019. But, but, okay. In 2017, the first year for which we have data for him, all right, he was at 88.9 exit velocity. He's at 91.4 last year. So that's a pretty significant increase. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and we look at his launch angle was was 0.7. So I, I don't know if he was hitting ground balls. I mean, it was 43 batted balls, okay? And then in 2018, he was 8.8. .8. In 
and 2019, it was a solid 10.6. You could even stand to, you know, stop hitting, you know, even more ground balls and, and lift the ball a little bit more. Um, and you saw that as those numbers rose um, and his exit velocity was higher and his launch angle was, was a little bit higher. You know, he had an expected batting average and slugging, you know, all very, very good. Um, one thing I really like about him I really like about him is, and this is what I look for in a lot of guys, um, Marcus Simeon, Mark Canna, um, a, a couple other guys, is do they improve? Now, let's see if it shows how old he is. He's 26, okay? So you're always like, well, why didn't he pop at 22? You know, when, when they're really at the beginning of their prime. We used to think the beginning of your prime is 27 years old to 30. Not really anymore. They're, they're saying it's more... 22, 23 years old, um, you know, so why didn't he pop before? One, he didn't have the opportunity, but two, when he was hitting the ball, um, he had a pretty good hard hit rate of 44.2 in 2017, and he barreled the ball pretty well at 14%. That was actually better than last year. Again, a very small sample size. Um, but he was striking out 29.4% of the time in 2017, um, and compare that to 2018 is 257 2019 with even more at-bats, 21.4. So this isn't a guy that got exposed with more at-bats. He did quite the opposite. Um, whatever he's doing, the approach he's taking, he's a guy who improves. Okay, If you're looking for somebody with upside, you want to see numbers improving at least over three years. Um, and that's all we have for him. Um, but that combined with his walk rate went from 5.9% in 2017 to 2018 it was 8.8% .8 and in 2019 it was 8.4%. So there, there was a time um, in, in 2019 during the season when I was, when I was looking at these numbers um, and his walk rate was better than 8.8. .8. It was better than 2019. He ended up a little bit below. Um, I'm sure he'll, he'll make an adjustment, but you know, this is a guy who's shown improvements, hit the ball real hard, real hard, um, at 91.4 and he's got a uh, good discipline. He doesn't strike out a ton. I mean, striking out 21.4% of the time with, you know, the power that he put up, which is 22 home runs in 410 at bats. Um, and slugging 527, and he should have been slugging 547, you can live with a 21.4% rate. And listen, so if you're in a 12-team league, that means that he is going in, if, he's, if his ADP is 175, and it will probably rise as we get closer to spring training and it's more secure that he has, you know, an everyday role and people just, you know, start getting clued in a little bit more. But... By rise, I mean it, the number will be smaller. He'll be drafted earlier. But if he's being drafted 175th overall, that is fantastic. Um, and that is in round, let's see, 10 rounds would be 120. So what's that, 60 more rounds? So in the six, 16th round. In the 16th round. Am I doing that right? No, not, not quite in the 16th round. In the 15th round. That's a joke. In the 15th? No, it's actually in the 14th round. 
Uh, but in the 14th round is a joke for J.D. Davis. If you tell me at the end of the year that J.D. Davis has better numbers than Charlie Blackman, I will not be surprised. I, I promise you I will not be surprised. If you tell me he has better numbers than Reese Hoskins, and I understand they don't all play the same position. I think he does have outfield eligibility. If you tell me he has better numbers than Reese Hoskins, I'll just say, ho-hum, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so he, he's going to be a steal. Um, to me, he's a B-plus hitter. Um, and and he's, he's not quite in the near elite, uh, but he's right under that. Um, so J.D. Davis, I would say right around round 9 or round 10, would be when you start to say, okay, the more he drops, the more you really want to draft him. And I wouldn't let him get past uh, round 12. Marcus Simeon is not a sleeper, but he will be a top 30 hitter for you. And with the loaded shortstop position, I would have to say that is the deepest position where, you know, he may end up being the, I mean, he had a great year last year, but he may end up being the 12th best shortstop in your league and not be that different than your fifth best shortstop. Okay, guys like Trey Turner with the steals. Um, obviously, Francisco Lindor with the steals and power. Um, Story with the same deal. He can hit about 30 home runs, 20 stolen bases. Um, if Bregman's still available at shortstop, I, I don't think he is this year in Yahoo leagues. Um, you know, and I'm uh, Bogarts. Um, you know, he's not going to be as good as, as those guys, even Bogarts, who also had a career year. Um, but. A lot of people are sleeping on him. His average draft position is 94. And I still think people are sleeping on him a little bit um, because, I don't know, you just you knew about Marcus Simeon. He was a 10-10 and 10 guy, a 15-15 and 15 guy betting, you know, 270 or whatever. So, and he's 29 years old. Um, and he, he doesn't play in a hitter's park. But this is what he did last year. Uh, and he clearly benefited from... Um, <clears throat> the uh, the juiced ball, um, but everyone did. Okay, he batted 285 with an OBP of 367. That's real good, and he slugged 522. The 522 is probably the most surprising, but all of those numbers, I'm not looking it up, but are probably career highs. But here's another guy that I'm just impressed with as far as his improvement. Okay. Now, from bat, dating back to 2015 when they got this information, um, he fluctuates a little bit, but he generally improves. In 2015, he had plenty of batted balls, 426, and multiple hundred of batted balls every year, including a, a high last year of 556. That's another thing. Um, the guy, The guy plays... I think he played 162 games last year. He had 747 plate appearances. That's valuable, especially in a roto league. Um, 
more at bats of quality hitting is is better, obviously. Um, what did he do for his? Uh, so last year he had 33 home runs, 123 runs, 92 RBI, and 10 stolen bases. That's phenomenal. I think he's mostly going to back that up, provided the ball is still juiced. Okay, he batted 285. His expected batting average was 275. Okay, so doesn't quite, you know, you know, back it up. Um, his expected slugging was 495, and he slugged 522. Okay, and um, his ex woba was 362, although his woba was 373. And his OBP was 369, so that's generally in line. So he didn't he did outperform a little bit. But he has been in the 87-86 miles per hour exit velocity range uh, for quite a while, for four years, until last year he he got up to 88.8. That's not quite, you know, elite. It's not. You have to be 90, 91 to be elite, but it's considerably better. His launch angle is a solid 14.7. Okay. His hard hit rate was the highest of his career by a long shot. It went 28, 34, 30, 32, 37 last year. That's not elite, but very good. Okay. Here's what's impressive. Starting in 2015 through 2019, so five years of one half season, mostly full seasons, his strikeout rate. 22.0, 22.4, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 22.0, 
they're they're going to be complimentary. But he is known as a guy who continually improves and is constantly trying to get better. Now, they're all millionaires and they have millions of dollars to make. So everyone's sort of like that. But when you see that reputation and you and you see it match up to you know in particular the strikeout rate and the walk rate um in, both improving not year after year but over these five years for sure improving the strikeout rate from 22.0 all the way to 13.7 and the walk rate from 7.0 to 11.6 that's considerable um i don't know that it could get much better than that the walk to strikeout ratio um, but I do think that he's the kind of guy that will sustain it. And his average draft position, what is it, 94? So, you know, we're, we're talking the eighth round um, in a 12-team league. And we're talking, not that it really matters, but the end of the eighth round. I think he's a guy that you might just want to target in the sixth or seventh, and you will be absolutely thrilled with the fact that you might have a top five shortstop and if you don't have a top five shortstop if you have the 10th best shortstop in your league it's not going to be that different than the fifth or sixth place shortstop and so obviously it's not about just you know ordinal rankings um, because if the 10th best shortstop is just as good as the sixth or not that big of a difference then what's the difference between the sixth and the 10th right we're talking about quantitatively not that big of a difference um and i don't think there will be i I think he'll chip in you know maybe 10 stolen bases just repeat his performance he's been a a 10 to 15 stolen base guy i think he'll hit 25 to 30 home runs i think he'll bat 280 i think he'll have a, a not a great obp but a very solid obp 360, 370, and I think he'll slug about 480, 490, something like that. Um, so if if you can't, you know, jump up and grab, or if you feel like you're reaching for Lindor, Story, or Turner, or Bogarts, you know, you may get 90% of Bogarts, you know, five rounds later. Legitimately four or five rounds later, uh, which, which is great value. Okay, it's time to talk about you, Darvish, as a top 10 SP1 again for the first time in a few years. Okay, not a lot of people notice this, and they look at the end of the year stats. And he is going around pick 65 um, as his average draft position. But I genuinely think, value-wise, you're going to get borderline... Well, maybe not round two, but you're going to get round three production out of him, which would put him, you know, somewhere in that uh, 25 to 36 range. All right, so this is something you may have missed if you moved on to fantasy football or, you know, just didn't have you Darvish or, you know, weren't playing against him and didn't notice. Okay, in 2019, obviously he was injured at the beginning of last year. And here are his splits, okay? He had, excuse me, I get the sniffles, 28 innings pitched in April and March, or March and April. He had a 5.02 ERA, and he walked 22 guys in 28 innings. In 32 innings pitched in May, okay, in six starts, 
he had 19 walks in 32 innings, which remarkably was an improvement. In June, <clears throat> he was just as bad. And by the way, he had a 5.02 and a 5.01 in the first two months. And then in June, he had a 4.91 ERA, 29 innings pitched, and he had eight walks. So he started to cut down on the walks. I remember when he did it, he came back from, I think, missing a little bit of time, or, or maybe not. What he did do was he talked about a change in his delivery in that he started to, uh, the way he was sort of compensating for his previous injury uh, was not working, and he started to trust his, his old delivery again. <clears throat> now, he verbalized that, um, and that's important because it was a market change right there. Okay, so we're talking about a 5 ERA walking a batter every two innings, basically, for the first three months. In July, he had a 2.93 ERA with five starts. By the way, five starts and 30 innings pitch. That's not remarkable, but it averages over six innings um, per start. Previously, he was right around five. He was going deeper into games as the point. In those 30 innings, like I said, he had a 2.93 ERA, and he walked two guys. And he struck out 36. In August, he had another five starts and he pitched 31 and a third innings. He walked a guy in August. A guy. And he struck out 42 batters. Okay. And four starts in September slash October. 26 innings pitched. So he's going even deeper into games here. Averaged out, that's about... I think six and a half innings pitched. He went 26 and a third. He walked four guys in 26 innings pitched. Still great. And struck out 46. Over his last three months of the season, you know, and throw in October, he walked seven human beings. He had a sub three ERA and. He struck out 124 batters. 124 strikeouts to seven walks. That's not great. That's not elite. That is 2015 Clayton Kershaw silly elite. That is... That's ridiculous. Um, I remember there was a time there where he struck out, oh yeah, no, it was just August encapsulated, 42 guys and he struck out a human, all right, so he had a 42 uh, to one. So his overall numbers <clears throat> um, do not look great, although they do look very good. Um, let's just get away from his splits here. His overall numbers are, for last year, a 3.98 ERA. Again, when the league average ERA last year was 4.4, that's still good. He threw 178 innings for the first time since 2000, oh, just 2017. Um, but before that, it was 2013. So for the third time in seven years or whatever... Um, and he got his control back, obviously, but for the year, he did walk 56 guys. His whip was 1.09. Even with his atrocious 
numbers early on and you, you know I, I just told you why the overall numbers are still pretty good so and he he made 31 starts which is great um, and what was his record his record was six and eight that's not gonna happen um, again um, he he doesn't go super deep into games but he started to average over six innings a game and you would assume with the Cubs lineup, um, unless they trade Chris Bryant or, you know, whatever, there's another. And you would assume they're, they're still a pretty good lineup um, that that's going to hit, although they didn't add any free agents this year. They're still a pretty good team, you know, probably at least 85 wins. Um, and I would, I would venture to say, you know, you Darvish, although he's not a fantastic bet to be healthy for the whole year, if he is... Um, he's, and, and Theo Epstein, by the way, treats arms very carefully and very conservatively. Um, and he tends to get the most out of people. He was sort of on the forefront of testing shoulder strength with the Red Sox and keeping pitchers healthy. And they have a long contract with still a few years left, uh, maybe three years left, um, on that contract for you, Darvish. So they're going to treat him conservatively. I, I would venture to say, you know, he's going to be at least a six-inning guy, which which these days is going to give the Cubs a pretty good chance to win. Um, they have a pretty good bullpen, too. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's Kimbrel, C-Shack, you know, a couple other guys. So um, I, I think he's more of a round-four type guy, um, and you'll definitely be able to get him in round four, around that 45th. Uh, pick again it's not it's not an enormous he's not a sleeper he's not a nobody's sleeping on him obviously he's not it's not a bold prediction really um, but if you look at the overall numbers it looks like he had a you know pretty good year with a lot of strikeouts um, he had 229 strikeouts in 178 innings which which is good it's very good but it kind of Seems like he's, you know, Robbie Ray with, with a good whip, uh, which is very good. But he wasn't very good last year uh, in, in the second half. He was elite. He was elite elite. And I think he needs to be drafted somewhere in, in the 40s there. And you're going to get yourself a top 10 starting pitcher, um, in, in my mind. Even if he throws 160 innings, you know, you still might get a top 15 pitcher. Guy had 229 strikeouts on 178 last year, and that's after a disastrous first three months where his ERA was just a bit under five. Um, there you go.